Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. From the heart of the Carolinas, challenging the smug, misinformed arrogance of the left. The trouble with our liberal friends is not that they're ignorant. It's just that they know so much that isn't so. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Good morning. Welcome to the broadcast. Here we are. The start of another month. Can you believe we're edging yet closer to the end of another year? 2023 just around the corner. Before we get there, we've got elections a week from today. Now, in many ways, elections are already underway because we've got early voting. I believe going on in both Carolinas. Have you voted yet? It'll be interesting to see what the atmosphere is like a week from tonight. And again, I've I've told you before, and I hope you're in with me on this. First off, in voting. Second off, in praying that what happens Tuesday night will be so overwhelming that the important things will be evident Tuesday night. We won't have to wait till Wednesday, Thursday, or the following week to find out what the balance of power is, for instance, in the U.S. Senate. I think it's pretty much a foregone conclusion, barring any huge surprise, the House is going to go Republican. There's no doubt in my mind that's going to happen. The Senate is another question. There are some who are more confident than I am on this subject. I want to start with an intriguing bit of information that is very rarely discussed. We hear all kinds of conversation about the rich paying their fair share. But probably very few people are aware of the bit of information I'm about ready to tell you. This story reported by MarketWatch. 40% of households will pay no federal income tax this year. Zero. I think that is pretty significant. Now, what's interesting about this, at the end of the day, the people who can least afford it, they are very well protected in our economic system, in our tax system. And it's quite ironic that really the people who probably complain the most about how this tax system is not fair, about the rich and the big corporations, pay nothing. Just something to remind you of. Because many of you already know that. In looking ahead to the election, MarketWatch reporting nearly half of voters in a recent poll say the economy is extremely important for their vote. Well, we have evidence 
that there is one area of significant progress. Millions of workers are indeed bouncing back and making enough money to pay Uncle Sam. Isn't that wonderful? Some 72.5 million households, or 40% of households, will pay no federal income tax this year. Now, the pre-pandemic high was actually 60% two years ago. 60%. Isn't that crazy? 2021, nearly 56% of households, or 99 million households, paid no federal income tax. Down from 60% or 100 million households in 2020. This is a nonpartisan think tank reporting this, by the way. Massive job losses in the pandemic's early stages sent millions of people to unemployment lines and temporary rules exempted much of 2020 jobless benefits from income taxes. Meanwhile, there were waves of direct cash assistance that were all technically tax credits. Two rounds of stimulus checks in 2020, another round in 2021, a temporarily enhanced child tax credit. All of those have come and gone. The 40% of households projected to pay no federal income tax back to pre-pandemic levels, even slightly smaller than the 42% to 43% range during recent pre-pandemic years. The good news about this, the labor market has come back to pre-pandemic status. Pretty tight, pretty strong. Lots of people working. Lots of people paying income tax. September's jobless rate, 3.5%, the same as February 2020. One of the lowest rates since the late 1960s. On the election, nearly half, 49% of surveyed voters said the economy would be an extremely important factor in their vote. This is a new Gallup poll. The other concern, as you know, is inflation. So I thought you should be aware for the many people in this country who are not. How many, how many people actually pay nothing? Zero. <laughs> That's just the reality. The other big story... And I'll be very curious to get your thoughts on this. The Hill is reporting Republican aides and strategists privately expect Attorney General Merrick Garland to pursue an indictment of former President Trump within 60 to 90 days after Election Day. The prediction is the window for prosecuting Trump is going to close once the 2024 presidential campaign gains momentum. Republican aides in Capitol Hill and veteran party strategists emphasize they don't have any inside information on what Garland's going to do. But they say the attorney general is under heavy pressure from Democrats to act, and the deadline for pursuing an indictment is fast approaching. GOP aides also warned that an indictment of Trump by the Biden administration would further polarize the nation and likely strengthen Trump's report from the Republican Party base. As the former president and his allies would frame the Department of Justice's prosecution as a political witch hunt. Well, imagine that. 
One veteran Republican aide expressing a sentiment shared by several other GOP aides and strategists said a couple of weeks after the election, I assume Garland will indict Trump. A second Republican aide warned an indictment could actually end up helping the president politically. People have been talking about splintering support and dampening enthusiasm among Republican voters for him. An indictment could actually galvanize and reunify Republicans around him. This aide predicting the Republican backlash to an indictment would be stronger if Garland brings an indictment later in the 2024 election cycle. In other words, waiting. Hoping that former President Donald Trump becomes the nominee and then throw out an indictment. I don't know, September, October 2024. I don't put anything past these people. I really don't. The warning here, there's a substantial risk in waiting. Republican aides and strategists point out the party base quickly rallied behind Trump after the FBI raided his Mar-a-Lago estate in early August. Before the raid, Trump mulled announcing his 2024 presidential campaign well before the midterm election. It appears he was losing support to Governor DeSantis. But GOP aides in Capitol Hill believe any anxiety Trump might have felt about losing relevance with the GOP base, it's gone after that raid. So what do you think? You think an indictment is right around the corner? (laughs) Stay with us. All right, friend of mine sending a text here. What is your date of birth? What in the world? (laughs) Sometimes I wonder. Back on the broadcast here, getting your thoughts on the possible indictment of Donald Trump after the election. And I mentioned at the start of the broadcast, how many people do not pay taxes? <laughs> this texture says a whole lot do not pay in. They'll get a big refund that they don't deserve. I've witnessed this with some of my relatives. Vince, from your lips to God's ears, at this point, I have no faith of a flip for the House or the Senate. Please, God, you are right. Have a blessed day. That is from D. I under you know, I understand where you're coming from. I'm one of those people who tends to lean on the pessimistic side. And then if something good happens, I can be encouraged. That's the way I look at it. That way my expectations are not shattered. It's safe that way, right? I understand where you're coming from, D. I fully get it. Vince, you know how all Americans would pay their fair share of taxes? The answer is the fair tax. I very much support the idea. Very much so. Vince, are you helping Garland to write that indictment? So silly. Childish. Do you think that maybe God would rather... Pray for you to vote rather than praying for a transformative result. I sort of think that's how he set up the free will thing for us. If you just complain, it will never change. That is from Dean. Vince, when corporations, power companies, gas companies pay taxes, those taxes are reflected and embellished in the prices the customers have to pay. Oh, really? The customer keeps the doors open. It's really the customers paying the taxes, not the corporations. Yep. But that's kind of like basic economics, which is something 
that most politicians don't know or care about. Just keep that in mind. Jim out of easily warning, if Merrick Garland indeed indicts President Trump, America will see a real insurrection. Boy, I'll be very intrigued to see the reaction. I'm, of course, hoping that whatever happens is peaceful. But I fully understand somebody who has concerns about this. Fully understand that. If you'd like to join the conversation, the Ingalls Markets Talk Line is 800-928-1110. 800-928-1110. Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I want to go into an area I know is going to stir things up for some people. But I don't mind doing that because I, I'm i a person who believes in getting to the truth. That's where my focus is. And I think it's important to get to the truth in the right spirit. I've also made that very clear. With that in mind, I have to tell you I'm deeply disturbed by yet another situation where I believe the... I don't even know what I would call this. Would I call it the alleged civil rights establishment has gotten it wrong again? This morning, I watched a video, and those of you who are in the area north of the border, you may not care about this, but I think our whole country needs to care about this kind of thing. Plus, there is a North Carolina connection, which you will understand momentarily. But there was an incident that occurred in the upstate, and it has basically taken on racial overtones. And what's really interesting to me is I have watched the entirety of a police body cam of the incident. And I have to tell you, I am once again embarrassed by the folks who claim to be in support of people of color. In fact, I think you'll even hear a police officer talk about his embarrassment. Because he was involved in this particular traffic stop. What am I talking about? Well, let's delve right into this incident that occurred. I have the original story. Both of these stories reported by WYFF. And you're going to hear some audio in a bit. But the president of this North Carolina historically black university, publicly called out upstate law enforcement officers in South Carolina after a traffic stop involving students and staff on a bus. Paulette Dillard, who's president of Shaw University, a private Baptist historically black university in Raleigh, described the traffic stop she said happened in Spartanburg County October 5th. Now this was nearly a month ago. Dillard said 18 Shaw University students and two staff advisors were traveling on school buses by contract bus to Atlanta, where they were pulled over under the pretext of a minor traffic violation. The statement said officers boarded the bus and asked the driver where he was headed. At that point, multiple sheriff's deputies and drug-sniffing dogs searched the suitcases of the students and staff and the luggage racks under the bus. 
Okay? The rest of the statement describes what happened after that and Dillard's reaction. In word, I am outraged. This behavior of targeting black students is unacceptable and will not be ignored nor tolerated. Had the students been white, I doubt this detention and search would have occurred. It's 2022. Yes, we know the year. It gets better. However, the scene is reminiscent of the 50s and the 60s. Armed police interrogating innocent black students, conducting searches without probable cause, and bloodthirsty dogs. It's hard to imagine. Yet it happened to the Shaw University community, and it happened. It is happening throughout this nation in alarming fashion. It must be stopped. First, I want to tell you, I've watched this video. And if you were to watch it, you'd probably share the reaction I would have. To be clear, nothing illegal was discovered in the search by South Carolina law enforcement officers. The officers said they stopped the bus because it was swerving and issued the driver a warning ticket for improper lane use. Throughout this unnerving and potentially dangerous situation, our students and staff conducted themselves calmly and with tremendous restraint. I will modernize the words of Dr. Martin Luther King with my own. The ultimate measure of a man and woman is not where they stand in moments of comfort and convenience, but where they stand at times of challenge and controversy. Our students stood tall amid an unnerving and humiliating experience, and because of their dignified and professional response, the situation did not escalate into something far more sinister. So I'm extremely proud of our students and staff and how they responded under very trying circumstances. I'm pleased to report they safely arrived in Atlanta to take full advantage of the Center for Financial Advancement Conference, where they actively engaged in sessions about financial literacy and home ownership, and they returned home safely to campus without incident. But there is more. I'm going to share the rest of this and the response from the Sheriff's Departments after this. So before the break, I started telling you about this accusation, and it is an accusation for the president of Shaw University. That's a bus that was taking some students, people from the university, was unjustly stopped, unfairly stopped. Here are the last two lines of their statement. I wish to be perfectly clear. The action taken by South Carolina law enforcement in Spartanburg County was unfair and unjust. I firmly believe had the bus been occupied by white students, they would not have been detained. I've asked our Shaw University General Counsel to investigate the situation as we explore options for recourse, legal and otherwise, available to our students and the university. This goes a little further because they've also asked for the Department of Justice to get involved in this incident. Folks... I'm just going to tell you, as firmly as I can communicate this, what Ms. Dillard is doing is disgusting and despicable. Fanning the flames 
of racial accusation when there's no foundation for it whatsoever. None. I watched the body cam video of the entire 10-minute stop. I watched it. By the way, there's at least one black sheriff's deputy on the scene. You're going to hear from him in a bit. But this was strictly by the book. I mean, think about it. You have a bus going along the interstate. It's a charter bus. Nothing about it says black. The windows... The windows are tinted. There's really no possibility you're going to look and see who's in that. Well, I wouldn't say there's no possibility. But it's just flimsy. The entire accusation is flimsy. And as you'll hear, the accuracy of the accusations is... uh, you, You have two elements of this. There are the facts of how this took place and the other one is the motivation behind it I think on both counts Ms. Dillard is completely out of line and that's communicating this very kindly so the sheriff's departments from Spartanburg and Cherokee County they have held a news conference to address this and they've released the entire body cam video It's, frankly, as I watched this thing, it was boring. Boring and inconsequential from my perspective. So, Spartanburg County Sheriff Chuck Wright and Cherokee County Sheriff Steve Mueller, they held a news conference and released that body cam video of the traffic stop. Now, I'm going to play for you some audio. The first one I want you to hear are the words of the Cherokee County Sheriff. His name is Steve Mueller. And I want you to hear how firmly he responds to the accusation from Shaw University. Here is Sheriff Mueller. There's absolutely no truth to what she said. Nothing. It's pretty simple. No truth to what she said. What she's describing and the way she characterized this, and, I mean, it's really sad to listen to her talk about going back. Uh, It's just, it's mind-boggling. But we'll get to that in a bit. First, I want you to hear some of the responses from those who were involved in the search. Let's start with how this started in the first place. Sergeant Terrence Allen, he is a deputy, and he's also black. He describes why they pulled the bus over in the first place. Here's Sergeant Terrence Allen. Wayne Elaine, and we was concerned about the safety and well-being of the driver and everybody else on the bus, if there was any, even anybody on the bus. The bus was weaving. Weaving in between lanes. So they're concerned about, first and foremost, you know, is the driver okay? Are there passengers who could be in danger here? That's the reason behind this, for starters. So they stop the bus. And they talk to the driver. 
and they asked to search. So this is one of the areas where they were, uh, whoever made this statement, because there was some reference to dogs in the plural, there is one dog, one drug-sniffing dog that got out of the car, sniffed a few suitcases, got a scent on one, so they opened them up and they checked like two or three bags. They didn't throw things all over the place. I saw the video. Just checked them, closed everything back up, sighted the driver, and they're on their way. This is part of an effort, by the way, because they've recognized that people have been using buses to carry drugs. This is one of the reasons for the stepped-up enforcement by both sheriff's departments, Spartanburg and Cherokee, to address this particular issue. You can charter a bus to do just about anything. You can have people travel, but you can also use it for nefarious purpose, just like you would use a car. Now, I want you to hear two pieces of audio. One of them is from Cody Painter, Sergeant Cody Painter. He was the one who actually had the dog. Here is what he had to say. We normally know that those buses are common for transporting large amounts of money or narcotics, something like that. So it's not uncommon for them to alert, you know, the odor that could have been there from a previous trip. Okay. So that's the reason behind the scent. They thought, okay, there's no issue there. They seal up the bags and let them go on their way. I thought it was really powerful what Chuck Wright had to say about this whole dog thing. Because at Shaw, they're trying to make it sound like dogs were turned on the people. Because that's what happened during Jim Crow era. This is not Jim Crow era. There was one freaking dog. One dog. Here's Chuck Wright. Listen to his comments. One dog. He was on a leash. The students were never even close to that dog. None of the students were even asked off the bus. One dog sniffs luggage underneath the bus. Students nowhere near the dog. See, this is one of the reasons. You know why I have such disgust with people like this? It's because they're equating horrible experiences by my ancestors and many other blacks ancestors who went through real crap having fire hoses unleashed on them and dogs turned on them and you're equating this to that shame on you shame 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 on you for even making such a comparison because there's no comparison here but these are folks who are determined to keep the narrative alive for political and other reasons. We're going to complete this particular story, and I'd love to get your thoughts as we continue. Stay with us. We are back on the broadcast. The Vince Coakley Radio Program. So we're talking about this incident regarding a Shaw University bus. And I want to repeat this quote again. It's a very, very important quote. You ready for this? 
This scene reminiscent of the 50s and 60s. Armed police interrogating black innocent students conducting searches without probable cause and bloodthirsty dogs. It's hard to imagine yet it happened to the Shaw University community. And it's happening throughout this nation in alarming fashion. It must be stopped. So I want you to hear the response from the Sheriff's Department. Again, Cherokee and Spartanburg County doing this joint news conference. And then we'll get your responses. Here's the last piece of audio. And this comes to us from the sheriff of Cherokee County and Terrence Allen's. Terrence Allen. As we mentioned before, Terrence Allen is the black deputy who was there, who was actually involved in this particular search. Here are their comments back to back. It was disheartening to know that when you guys do things right, that you still have to get up and defend their actions. Uh, We're not defending what they did, because they didn't do anything wrong. What we're having to defend is the racism part. It was very surprising. It was embarrassing, to say the least. Simply because, like like I told him a while ago, I mean, the Jesus that I serve doesn't see color, neither, neither do I. Oh, my goodness. Terrence Allen, I wonder how much grief he's gotten for that comment. Terrence Allen is black. I don't see color, he says. <sighs> he's right there. And if you'd like to see it, you can check out this story and you can see the entire video. And judge for yourself. If you have a different opinion, I'd love to get your thoughts. Okay, I'm going to adjust the volume here so my ears don't get blown out. And believe it or not, I'm going to take a call here from Sean. Sean, how are you today, sir? Uh, yeah, man, you, you really you really burnt the fire with this. I'm going to use one of your words, disgust. Right now, you and, and, this, and this sheriff right here just really disgust me. So um, let, me, let me get to my point. I'll give you a fact. I'm, I'm a truck driver. Buses get stopped all the time. You, you, you put the little word tenant windows in there, that's fine. They stop the bus. The problem is when you start bringing a dog, they, they, high, they college students, and then you want to put these little terminology words, oh, yeah, people travel with illegal drugs all the time. And, and, and this sheriff here, if he had, a, he had another video where he, he stops a white college student and put the dog on, then our people wouldn't have a problem with it. That's that's where the problem is. Okay, Sean, stop. Stop for a moment. Let me just ask you. Let me go back to what I said to you before. The dogs were never put on anybody. I've seen the video. The dogs, not not on them. The wording can be bad, Vince. It's it's the image there. See, the words, what she said, is bad. Yes, I agree with that. But this is what I'm saying, Vince. You, You want to look at your point of view. You don't want to look at the black people point of view. Okay, goodbye, Sean. Shut the hell up. (laughs) Did you hear what he just said? You want to listen to your point of view. You don't want to listen to the black point of view. The black point of view, Sean? This is part of our problem. This monolithic thinking that somehow because I'm black, I'm supposed to see this a certain way. This is crazy. Oh, my goodness. And yes, I don't mind ending that call. Because that's just pure nonsense, is what that is. My goodness.
Uh, very quickly, uh, Denise, your thoughts on uh, this Shaw University incident. Okay. Uh, the people who are reporting on this are, are teenagers, young people, right? Uh, this whole thing reminds me of the 2016 Tim Scott, at the time, age 50, who certainly had experienced America back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, stood in the well of the Senate and gave a speech about how he was targeted so many times in his life, felt humiliation, frustration. He chronicled his own incidents, seven of them in the last year, as well as his brothers, his staffers, on and on and on, alleging pretty much the same thing. So when I hear out of the mouths of a 20-year-old, some assertion that the cops are after them because they're driving while black, whether you're in a car or in a bus. Uh, it sounds exactly to me like Tim Scott's well of the Senate speech in 2016, not that long ago when well, he was a 50-year-old. Here's where... So go here, back and read that transcript. If you, I, I, I remember, now. I remember the speech, but... Den- it's but, unbelievable. But Denise, I, unbelievable. Here's, here's what I want to say to that. One of the things I also appreciate about with Tim Scott is his comments were very measured and they were very it he was very cautious in his description in the sense he didn't make wild accusations we've got to go (laughs) because we're up against a hard break he did not make wild accusations that needed to be refuted later that's what I'm talking about I have no problem with what Tim Scott shared and I have no reason to disagree or counter what he said But you don't make wild accusations and compare it to the 1950s and 60s. You just don't do that. It's unacceptable. Transformation Tuesday coming up next. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. From the heart of the Carolinas, a voice in the wilderness, a thought-provoking broadcast in a world of ignorant nonsense. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. Don't they? Yes, I guess you're right. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Hour number two of our broadcast. We do have Transformation Tuesday coming up. I want to start, though, with some very interesting items on the text line. Because did we really get that text line scrolling with a conversation about the Shaw University bus incident? We start with a reference to next Tuesday. No, Vince, I live on the pessimistic side. That way I'm never disappointed. Voting next Tuesday. Go red. That's from D. So on to the Shaw University incident. So wait, a chartered bus. How does anyone know who is inside exactly? Same lame people that call for defunding the police. Vince Shaw, University President, lied, but the stop was illegal. Courts have ruled many times you can't stop someone to look for a crime. Rolling Thunder is a disgrace. That's the program where they're trying to stop drugs, ostensibly. And I'm not here, by the way, to necessarily defend that program. That's not the point. I'm disagreeing with the characterization from the president of Shaw University, who cannot have watched that video and come to the conclusion that she reached. It's not logical. Vince, I would ask, for what reason do they have to search the bus? And inside the cab, was there probable cause? Do they smell something, see something? What reason do they have to bring dogs on a bus for drivers swerving? Everybody does that. 
So again, for clarification, the dog was outside the bus. Never enter the bus. The students never searched. The police officer never went beyond the first step of the front of the bus. No officer went any further. They had a conversation, I think, with one of the students from, like, the inside, barely inside, just asking, hey, where are you guys going, that sort of thing. Most engagements with police officers aren't due to the suspicion of violating duly passed laws by legislatures, but violations due to participating in a regulated activity, and thus how law enforcement deals with us as citizens isn't based on our rights under the Constitution, but on the regulatory code. Aha. Uh-huh. This way, there will be very few interactions with law enforcement. There you go again. The problem isn't to stop. It's what occurs afterward. Ah. John out of Spartanburg. This woman is part of the problem. All she's doing is spewing hate. People like her, black or white, are the problem. Vince, are you telling me a left-wing... <laughs> Nut is screaming, lying, bloody murder about some liberal agenda point. Shocking. Just shocking. All a standard routine profile, pull over those people are clowns. Just cops doing their jobs. This person says, no, you can't check my car, and no, you can't check my bus. That would be an interesting response. Very interesting response. Joe, what this woman did causes racism. The first thing I think is, please, let's put it behind us. Another whiny person wanting attention. Bus search. Sounds like she was looking for racists behind every door. Yeah, pretty much. The officers know 85 North is a direct route for drugs and human trafficking. Vince, I love your show in reference to this traffic stop. Saturing Operation Rolling Thunder, if so, no one's above being pulled over during this time. The good of Rolling Thunder is all that's removed from the streets in our society. Keep the faith, brother. Continue your good work. Thank you. That is from the FedEx man. You go, Vince. This demeans history. Thank you for your good heart and words. Pam out of Spartanburg. In reference to the bus incident, sounds like the university president needs to issue an apology immediately. <laughs> Don't hold your breath for that. They're going on the way to the Justice Department. They're, they're not going to let this go. Nobody's going to apologize. I saw Chuck Wright news conference yesterday. I watched a lot of YouTube videos of traffic stops. Some make me cringe, but this one was nothing but respectful to all involved. Yeah. Vince, I definitely don't want to be around when you're mad. I think I'd be scared of you. That being said, this is why more and more people are growing numb to the accusations of racism. Some of these people throw out. Jeff, you're absolutely right. It's the boy who cried wolf. You do this so many times over nonsense like this. Why should I believe you over something that's serious? See, we're undermining ourselves. That's what's frustrating about it. Please not Sean Vince. Please. I have no idea what he's talking about. He never does. Sean, how are the cops supposed to know if they're black or white when the windows are tinted? 
and they can't see in the bus. This person says, that's why no one calls in. You always want to have a conversation, but you won't let anybody talk. I won't let anybody. I'm not going to take demeaning calls. The point you do that and try to take over this broadcast, it's conversations over with. Period. Stop that cutting people off. Don't agree with you. Just stop, stop, stop. Not a good look for you. I'm black. I just want to hear what he says, but I'm a Republican, too. Good morning, Mr. Vince. Quote of the day, the Jesus I serve doesn't see color. God bless, sir. Sounds like Sean consistently drinks the victim mentality Kool-Aid. What isn't widely reported... The sheriff's office was engaged in operating Operation Rolling Thunder. During that same week, they stopped another bus, got a large quantity of drugs, about a half million off the bus from drug traffickers. That stop had nothing to do with the race of the individuals on the bus. I would like to agree with everything you've said, but just to let you know, I've been pulled over seven times in the past five years. Only one ticket. Good for you. Concord Police Department. Just really likes talking to me. They get my license, warn me, and leave. I was just pulled over two days in a row. Same state trooper. We're both black, so I don't subscribe to every cop is racist. But many are. This person, by the way, part of the other part of the text, I hate saying it's all racial, but I don't know any white Americans that can say the same. He says his father is a retired state trooper. Uh, let's see. A lot of texts here that just keep coming in. Feel free to call in, especially, because I'd love to get thoughts and contrary thoughts. You want to take a position and disagree with me? Please do. I just ask that you call and you're respectful. That's all. You know, it's, it's really a pretty simple request. Still to come. We will get to Transformation Tuesday, I promise, <laughs> and much more as we continue our Tuesday broadcast. Stay with us. Back of the Vince Coakley radio program over on the text line. Let us see here. Uh, This is the text I wanted to read before I continue. What is the black point of view? I don't even know what the white point of view is. I prefer facts and truth as the parameters of my point of view. To have any other point of view is prejudiced. Thank you. (laughs) That just sums up my perspective on the comments from Sean. And this is what happens. I mean, I, I was thinking of this reflecting. Remember the OJ case? How this became a subject of polarization? I think pretty much every objective person is sitting here thinking, 
Who else possibly killed these people? Who did it? Now, did the prosecution, did they screw up their case, the glove, the others? Probably. But the polarization around that was crazy. All of these black folks who were defending O.J. Simpson. For what? And this guy... It, it, again, it just blows my mind. We don't have black facts and white facts. But unfortunately, this is where we are. And frankly, we're getting more and more like this. Being driven by racial perspectives. My son posted something on social media yesterday. It really impressed me. Now, you may be surprised by this, but... I think it's safe to say I I don't think we spent a lot of time. I, I don't think there was any attempt on our part. Do we want to train our children? Yes. But there was never any attempt to brainwash or drive our children down a particular way of thinking. And I have to tell you, I'm really amazed at the conclusions, particularly my oldest, has reached he's I've never told him to think in these ways here's what he posted as inflammatory and divisive political stuff can get I do still genuinely believe we live in the greatest nation on earth not to mention the most privileged and influential and there's nowhere else I'd rather be and I love what he says next this is so so much my oldest son and I'm going to keep on laughing as long as I have the privilege to <laughs> isn't that a blessing it blesses me it really does bless me I'm not here to get him to be a Democrat or Republican independent but I rejoice knowing he's an independent thinker independent thinker and he's a deep thinker, too. Very much appreciate. I thought you would be encouraged by that social media post. Transformation Tuesday. I want to ask you a question. Are you like Saul? Are you like Saul? I told you I've been doing a lot of self-examination lately on a number of counts. But this is a very thought-provoking and provocative post from Dr. Steve Crosby. You're devoted to scripture study. You're passionate for God. You have zealous energy for the message. You have a calling. You love to teach and preach. You're gifted and talented. You're a person of prayer. You know your Bible. You're approved by spiritual elders. You're all in committed. Ready for the kicker? So was Saul of Tarsus. And he was wrong about it all. Wrong at a life and death level. His certainties about scripture just made him an accomplice to murder. What does this say about you and I? What does that say about the stuff that is encouraged as spirituality or maturity in our church culture? 
Saul's conversion happened when he was set free from his certainties by an intervention of the resurrected God-man and reference to his sufferings. Yet if you believe the typical evangelical message, your salvation occurs when you believe certain things about what the Bible says and call it faith. I think that only mass produces Saul's. Ouch. Paul's happen when the cross is revealed and all our certainties die there. Or as my friend Michael Harden says, the cross is where all of our God images go to die. Yes, even the God image we can construct with Bible verses that reinforce our certainty. And I'm saying unless we have an identical experience, we cannot really be saved. No, and yes. No, as to how we are delivered from our certainties. Yes, to the need of it. This is a great post. And it's a great reminder to us. This is one of the subjects I know Steve spends a great deal of time on. This subject of certainty. And how we function in it. Whether it's a type of dogma. Or whether it's manifest. In a truly life and death difference. A before and after difference. This is one of the things I talk to people about all the time when I ask questions about the genuineness of conversions. Tell me who you were before. How is that different than who you are today? And those transformations don't stop. Hopefully it's not a one-time thing. Well, it's not going to be one time. If he is genuinely in our lives, we're going to have a series of death, burials, and resurrections in our life experience. But it's very important that we see the distinction between Saul and Paul. Love to get your thoughts on this very provocative post. Texter, in reference to my comments about my son, an education is intended to teach one how to think, not what to think. Unfortunately, an education now is telling children what to think. Yeah. This is a lot of what is happening today, isn't it? So as a result, got a lot of young people and, and they've got these ideas and, and I would dare say dogmas that they've embraced. And sadly, along the way, there's no facts or truth to back up many of the things that they've bought into. It's not there. Pretty sad. Still to come on the broadcast this morning, so many other things I wanted to get to, but how about this? We'll talk about how the media is continuing to beat the drum on the Pelosi story. Boy, they love this story. <laughs> we'll talk about that and much more as we continue our Tuesday broadcast. Stay with us.
And we are back with the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Transformation Tuesday. And we have on the line Billy in Charlotte. Good morning, Billy. Good morning. I'd like to make a comment. I, you know, I graduated college, lived a pretty sheltered life. Not too many African-Americans where I grew up. Became a police officer in Charlotte. And that really opened my eyes to the, the black community. My training officer was black. And a lot of the stereotypes were basically from a lack of knowledge, a lack of understanding. And I think the problem is, is we can't have that conversation. We can't ask that simple question. And I think my transformation goes back and forth, you know, whether maybe I'm for reparations, maybe I'm not. When, you know, you see a shooting in a predominantly black area, all blacks, nobody sees anything. Nobody saw anything, even though there's hundreds of people. You have a cop shoot somebody, my God, everybody saw it. And, you know, <laughs> the black community needs to wake up. An impressive thing I saw, an interview with a female black comedian. She wants to, she said, they were talking about money. She said she wants to build gen, generational wealth. That's her goal. Because they asked her how much money you want to make. She says that's not important. I want to generate, I want to make generational wealth. I want to make my wealth last. Now, when it comes to reparations, I'm sure the economy would love it because blacks predominantly spend a large portion of their money. So if you want to boost the economy, that's one way to do it. But it's, I'm, I'm just torn. How would you do that? If you did it, would you then say, okay, no more affirmative action, none of this? And I don't know. I told one lady, African-American lady, that this country would not be what it was, what it is today if it wasn't for blacks, if it wasn't for black slaves. We did not have the people to work, uh, and we needed them. And she says, I've never heard a white person say that before. I said, it's true. It's true. But how do you make up for the past? I, I don't know. And will it make a difference? The difference has to come from the black community. I uh, very much appreciate what you've shared, and I, th I think there are a lot of people who uh, would share the same perspective. I appreciate your thoughtfulness, introspection, self-examination, which, which, which with, for Billy is ongoing. This is what I appreciate about him. There's an open-mindedness here. You know, maybe I, I should think about this, be open to this. Good, uh, good thoughts here. I want to quickly get to one of the favorite subjects of the mainstream media, news media right now because they, they're having a blast. They are having an absolute blast playing up this Pelosi story. Mark Finkelstein, or Finkelstein, I don't know which it is, works with Newsbusters. Saying we don't buy the conspiracy theory, Democrats cooked up the attack on Paul Pelosi as a last-minute election ploy. But, boy, the liberal media, fully embracing the conspiracy theory, this can be directly connected to January 6th and should become a central election issue. I want to hear an example. Morning Joe. Oh, my goodness. Just the idea of that show just gives me manifestations. 
Not only was the entire first half hour devoted to the story yesterday, but at the end of those 30 minutes, Mika Brzezinski pledged, we're going to be spending the entire show trying to take a deep dive into this. It wasn't the entire show, but it was obsessive. A quick word search, the closed captioning, a rough measure, shows Pelosi was spoken 81 times. Mika began with her liberal summary of the case when there are so many questions. Are you ready for this? I'm just going to warn you, your ears might bleed when you listen to this nonsense. Here is Mika Brzezinski. Paul Pelosi, the husband of the Speaker of the House, the woman who was second in line to the presidency, was savagely attacked on Friday. And while surgeons were operating on the fractured skull of the 82-year-old grandfather, deranged right-wing fanatics, Trump media allies, and some of the most powerful people in the world were feverishly trying to stir up conspiracy theories that distracted from the central political headline of this story. That years of Republican propaganda and Trump-fueled fascism led 42-year-old David DePap to break into Nancy Pelosi's San Francisco home, seemingly with the intent to harm her. Nancy! Oh, Nancy! Nancy! Where are you, Nancy? A connection? What connection? I don't see a connection. Why would there be a connection? I mean, he was just deranged, right? In an isolated way. And by the way, voters, look over here. Crime is up. Look away from the parallels to January 6th. <laughs> I'm serious, folks. They're not going to let this go. They will not let this go. They're going to keep beating this drum. <laughs> then there's the very unsubtle Chiron. How far-right demonization of Pelosi led to attack. Mika was simply going to ignore... The San Francisco Chronicle, not a MAGA newspaper, reporting the alleged assailant, DePapi, was part of a nudist group and became a hemp jewelry maker. They also found he was once registered as a member of the Green Party. Someone is looking away at potential parallels. <laughs> and courtesy the Washington Post columnist, David Ignatius, there was the obligatory Nazi Germany Republican analogy. Germany, the birthplace of science, philosophy, music, the arts. It was a country that was taken apart by uncontrolled radical extremists. Anti-Semitic politicians, Adolf Hitler as the dominant personality. It happened in a country that was a good country. So we have to be on guard always. And I think discussions like this one are important. We have a news network that isn't really reporting new facts on the assault. Instead, the liberal, the liberal media, they look like they're exploiting the attack for all it's worth to stave off a political potential red wave. Mika Brzezinski vowing to devote the entire show to a discussion on the attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband, sponsored in part by Jeep, Liberty Mutual, and Subway. Just putting that out there great piece by Newsbusters. And yes, MSNBC busted. Stay with us. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program.